had the soundtrack. <laughs> oh my god, of course you did. I don't I don't know if you can tell but my my shirt is <gasps> Oh my god. You snake plissken New York. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. You dressed up. I love I, it. Uh, I did. It's so perfect. Uh, it's so perfect. Now I don't have any t-shirt. FYI. I do not. Oh, thank god because if you did it would be terrifying yeah. to behold. Yeah, yeah, you um you know, put it too many times through the dryer and it starts to fall apart and, and you can't tell it's ET. It just looks like a turd. <laughs> a monster. A monster turd. A turd monster. A oh my God. <laughs> well, welcome to a most excellent 80s movie podcast on the most excellent podcast network. It's the podcast where a filmmaker and comedian get airlifted into the chaos of the 1980s movies you love, hate, hate to love, or love to hate. This is season one, episode two, Escape from New York. Yay! Our movie selection from 1981. I am comedian Chrissy Lenz of the National Comedy Theater. And I am the filmmaker Nathan Blackwell uh, from Squishy Studios. Yes. And um, so what we're doing here on Most Excellent uh, 80s Movie Podcast, we're watching a movie selection from each year from 1980 to 1989. Uh our episode one was airplane exclamation point. And so this is our from 1980 and this is our 1981 selection. Right. And we're not necessarily picking like the best movie of the year or our favorite. It's kind of like a random selection of like looking at the whole season of important little watersheds or, mm-hmm. or, you know, cultural milestones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also some stuff that, that, are, is personal to us yes. or we've never seen before mm-hmm. something that we can actually kind of get into a dialogue with absolutely and uh well also to get kind of a variety in this season one of like comedy action drama right it's yeah it's so it's not too heavy on certain types of, yeah. of genres season one is a variety pack in, in further seasons, we'll get more specific, I'm sure. Um, so each time we were going to summarize the movie, we're sort of switching off who's summarizing what. And uh, you are going to summarize Escape, Escape from, from New York. All right. This is the part you cut out as I go to my internet Google Drive. We're keeping it in. The people have to know. The people have to know how people really... <laughs> The year is the future, 1997. Crime is out of control, and the island of Manhattan has become a maximum security prison, which seemed like a good idea at the time, until Air Force One crashes with the President of the United States inside. Now the world's greatest leader is a hostage in the most dangerous place on Earth, and only the deadliest man alive, Snake Plissken, can save him. Play the trailer. Play the trailer. Oh, now I gotta load up the trailer. <laughs> I could have been doing that the whole time you were. Efficiency.
the high adventure of the future. One man must go in where no man has ever gotten out. And if he comes back alone, his nightmare has just begun. Who are you? John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Heard you were dead. Kablooey. It's too bad they didn't use the the line, I'm playing with myself. <laughs> oh my god, I have so many questions about this movie. So, it, was this your first time? It wasn't. That's so, what is so... I've seen this movie before. I'll, I've seen it many times. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like the silence from Doctor Who. Like, when I'm watching it, I'm like, yes, I remember this. And as soon as I look away, I'm like, wait... None of it makes sense to me. <laughs> and I'm you're a huge John Carpenter guy. Yeah. So yeah, my 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 favorite John Carpenter. So I I've met John Carpenter at um one of those meet and greet things. Yeah. It, it recently he did a concert for his music. Um <laughs> I met with him. Of course, I had to give him hundreds of dollars to do so. <laughs> um so yeah, we're not friends or anything. But uh, yeah, so I'm a super fan. Um, my favorite is Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. but Escape from New York is way up there, along with the thing. Yeah. So. And and I want to talk about all of that because somehow for me, like this, the John Carpenter action movies, like I've seen them all, but they never became like part of our household like go to movie canon. Right. So I'm not super familiar with with all. Well, that. they're also a little older style kind of action movies you know um and this movie in a lot of ways also feels kind of like a western too Mm -hmm. i mean um uh admittedly kurt russell's kind of doing a clint eastwood oh yeah you know absolutely and 100 (laughs) percent. and it's fun to then watch like big trouble in little china where he's straight up doing a john wayne yeah you know that kind of john wayne swagger you know he's kind of yeah um, so, Park yeah. Chap Express. Yeah. Okay. So just to put it in context, on the day that this came out, this is also a Fourth of July weekend mm. movie. So or Tenth of July. So close to the Fourth of July, not quite on it. Uh, came out on Tenth of July, nineteen eighty-one. Uh, the president was Ronald Reagan, as it will have been for the rest of our <laughs> podcasting. Um, another famous person we've never heard of was born Alexander. Tunchev? Tunchev? Do you know who that is? Um, maybe we don't need to include that put it in, in every context, episode, right? Yeah. right? Famous person, famous for this, like because uh-huh. I've never heard of any of the people. Um, people were listening to Betty Davis' Eyes, uh, Being With You by Smokey Robinson, and Endless Love uh, was one of the most viewed releases of 1981. Uh, Cardinal Sins by Andrew M. Greeley was one of the best-selling books and people were watching a show called Bellamy on TV like I've never heard of that Bellamy 
dun, dun, the dun, show. Dun, dun. <laughs> I don't. I don't know any of that. Again, I don't know what any of that stuff is. So, how? What is your history with this movie? Um. So I. I. I didn't grow up watching John Carpenter movies. It wasn't until kind of um, my teenage years that um, it was. A lot of people, their access point is Halloween, and from but for me, it was like Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. um, The Thing, um, Escape from New York. Eventually, like I, I, you know, I, I came relatively late to I think Escape from New York. I was probably like nineteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was one of those ones where it didn't make a huge impact on me, but it it kind of with more times i watched it 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 hung on mm-hmm. you know and it has i think a lot to do with um the character of snake plissken yeah and um you know in in some ways he's kind of again kind of like this this western hero to mm-hmm. where um he is a bit of an island unto himself yeah you know he's one of those a old sexy school... sexy island <laughs> with flowing locks <laughs> Yeah, that would be another great companion piece is um, Escape from New York and Captain Ron. Oh, yeah. Part of the um, Kurt Russell uh, gun, patch, gun show collection. I, <laughs> patch the the Eyepatch trilogy of yeah. which there is not yet a third movie, but hopefully well, we can wait. Well, Escape from at, L.A. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah. there is a trilogy. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So I think I saw Escape from L.A. in 1996, like at the movie theater and was like, oh, interesting right. I, and then went back and watched escape from new york and was like escape. oh i get it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so i definitely had seen so i saw escape from la in the theater too but mm-hmm. i had definitely already seen escape from new york yeah by then um so i have a lot of questions about this movie i do and i i there are so many things i love about it um starting with the fact that i think there should be like a netflix category you know how sometimes they come up with just like the most bonkers category there should be a netflix category that's like movies who put the distant future dystopian apocalypse way too close (laughs) way too Uh close yeah so of course the the terrible future of this movie is 1997 and i think in running man it's 2015 right yeah yeah or 2017 it's like now ish and Demolition Man, I think they also jump ahead to like 2020 or something. Mm-hmm. It's like goes go like, real far. Yeah, because 40 years feels like so far away, mm-hmm. and, but it's gonna be here before you know it. Yeah, I think I think it, it's that problem of 40 years or 50 years from now seems like forever. But away. 40 and years it, from it, now, we will be in a dystopian apocalypse. Right. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> no question. But it, it's almost like for everyone. That number seems way further away than it actually is. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Peter Venkman actually says in Ghostbusters when the uh, guest on his show predicts that the future is going to happen that year, he's like, you should say 1994 or better yet, 1995. That's never going to happen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So crime has risen 400 percent. That mm-hmm. means basically every single person decided to commit four crimes. Am I? Am I? I don't mean I'm no statistician. I, I commit one crime a day, right? For sure. Every person who's walking around is that just, just seems like, like so much work. So much crime is happening. Four hundred percent. I agree. They needed to do something. Yeah. 
about that. Well, they go into a lot more with that um, in the sequel. Not that we're necessarily covering that, but oh, geez, I, I feel like, remember. you know, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they've annexed Canada because wasn't there like some Canadian ref- the references to like the war in Canada in this one? Look, there was a lot of confusing stuff. I, the thing that I don't ever understand is why is Snake getting put in the prison? Why why is it getting put in the prison? Why? So okay, <clears throat> so he, um, so he was already so this some of this helps with the deleted scene. So he was oh, already okay. being arrested, and he as a criminal was going to be thrown in there anyway. Yes, and I, and I got right, that. and so but but so he everyone knows him. So he is a like a legendary. Uh, soldier slash outlaw, like okay. he, like he went bad, like a Malcolm Reynolds type. Yeah, so 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 he was legitimately part of the army. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was he, he was special forces. Mm-hmm. And then at some point he said, "F you, everyone," and he's going to do his own thing. And so he kind of then became yeah, like a legendary outlaw. And so a he, he he's going to go into the prison anyway, and b. Uh, Hawk, um, um, played by uh, Lee Van Cleef, mm-hmm. n- knows that this guy's his skills are legit, yeah, and so that's why he makes him the offer. Which is so, in other words, he so so Snake Plissken was a legendary special forces soldier. Okay, I I'm grateful that you explained that because I would always I just took it for granted, like okay, like he's a hero and a bad guy, and they're going to put him in the prison, but I. Ugh. I yeah. could never see the put the pieces together. I'm okay. Deleted scene. They should have left it in. Um, <laughs> not that I don't. Well, get it was it. really I, long. I get it. I get it. But it, how does everyone know who he is? Like, I. Well, that's part of the fun of of like of so. of creating. <laughs> Did, was it fun? <laughs> <laughs> part of the fun of you know they were basically trying to show that he has a reputation. Yeah. That that. Um, yeah. I get it, and I like it, and I'm all for things that, like, don't make any damn sense, where everyone's mm-hmm. just like, Snake Plissken, I heard you were dead. How did you, who did you hear that from? <laughs> who did you hear that from? Uh-huh. How did you hear about him in the first place, and then how did you hear that he's dead? Um, I love, I love, just from a comedy perspective, the, just the name, Snake Plissken, uh-huh. and, like, of course he's a legendary outlaw hero, but I would have loved an alternative reality where he's like a senator or like history uh. teacher. Snake Plissken is here to <laughs> teach you about the the revolution. Or like alternatively, if he he had just had a normal name like Jeremy, like Jeremy Plissken. Jeremy Plissken. I heard Jeremy, you were dead. I heard Jeremy was dead. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Um, and I also really love his pants. Mm-hmm. What is the deal with those pants? Oh yeah, it looks like Arctic camouflage. It does, and it but it, it alternately looks like spandex and right. cargo pants, like it's oh, spandex I, cargo pants. I I think the the they were trying to go for something that looked kind of snake skinny. Oh, you know, that was also kind of right. like military stealthy looking. Mm-hmm. You know, did you like his tattoo? Oh my god, yes, I I did. It's always like, oh, okay, I get it snake he's just limping into the <laughs> thing with the tattoo it's uh-huh. like oh my um yeah and 
there's so much I love about this movie. I love the whole exposition where they're just walking through their like fancy pantsy government facility and everything's mm-hmm. lights and switches and outlines of things and they're explaining stuff and right. There should also be a secondary. If you want to be euthanized on the spot, please tell <laughs> please. the duty sergeant. <laughs> and they'll just take you over. I love it. And I, I, there should also be a Netflix subcategory of movies where they put some sort of explosive in your neck. Mm-hmm. And I, this was the first one. This is the one that set the mold. I set think. them all, and yeah. then Suicide Squad was like, "We'll do it. Yeah. We love it." Well, it's it's a it, it's it's a great and totally wacky idea of mm-hmm. cr- taking all of New York and just making it a prison. You yeah. Know? And this is when New York was still seedy. It wasn't mm-hmm. like Times Square with Disney, you know. And so it wasn't too far for people to kind of like, uh, you know, to think that crime could get out of control. 400%. You know? 400%. Like it seemed like that's the way that the graph was going, yeah, you know. For sure. And I, I they filmed a lot of it in an actual burnt out city. Yeah. That had just like had a bad fire and they never rebuilt yeah, it. Yeah, where was it? Was it... um St. Louis? Or? I, th- that's what sounds right to me. Right. But but yeah, so they, they yeah. had blocks and blocks that would, had just been burnt out by fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of like a candy land for them. Yeah, you know? make a movie. I do think I also, like from a comedy perspective, you know, we always try and teach people in improv that you have to like know the other people in your improv scene. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to be like, hello, stranger, let's meet for the first time. So I think it's, this would be a great thing to point to and be like, you know, you guys need to be like escape from New York. Everybody you encounter knows who you are and knows your history already. <laughs> they thought you were dead, uh-huh. but they totally know you like that whole scene when he meets uh, a Harry Dean Stanton, uh, the brain character yeah, yeah and it's like oh yes i know you and we have a history and that's going to inform how we interact with each other because we're not strangers meeting for the first time we have this tumultuous yeah. relationship like that's and, and he knows him by one name and you know by brain yeah, brain mm-hmm. you know is his is his like criminal name mm-hmm. but he knows him by his real name and then cabbie who knows of snake plissken snake plissken doesn't know him but he knows brain, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, so you have all these characters who have relationships that you're kind of discovering there, like, how do they know this person? What is this guy in this place? You mm-hmm. know, you definitely get the idea that brain is just kind of a weasel. Yeah. He's just always looking for these opportunities. Like there's yeah. that moment where, where um, it's at the very end, they're, they're, they're leaving the, the trade tower and um and and um Harry Dean Stanton brain says I I I know what where the tape is I swear to God mm-hmm. just take me with you and then you know uh, uh Snake okay come on and then Harry has that look that he gives to Adrian Barbeau mm-hmm. saying uh huh see I got it I got us out of this one again yeah exactly just kind of that nod of yeah this is what they do they, he's they always just... thinking. Yeah, I know. but I love that. I I like going into a movie where they're not going to give me that. And again, to compare it to Suicide Squad, where almost the entirety of that movie isn't their adventure in this city. It's exposition of explaining who everybody oh, is. Oh yeah, and no, what like literally is. the first like, thirty minutes. Ugh, enough. Let me, you know, tell me through the story, and then let me see it come out in little pieces, like they do in this movie, where you just learn little pieces of of things about snake he's like unraveling himself as you go Mm -hmm. um but i do love kurt russell yes he's so great (laughs) 
<laughs> and and this this one was really it was really hard for them because th- remember at this point um this is as far as uh from what he was known for mm-hmm. uh, he was a disney child actor yes an adorable like <laughs> fresh-faced computer with shoes but yeah so this is as far from his public persona as you can get mm-hmm um, so for John Carpenter, I, I I don't know if he did. Did he do Elvis before this or after this? I did think he before. Do the, the movie. They, so they did. Elvis? So they did a they did a TV movie together. John Carpenter and Kurt Russell called Elvis, where uh, Kurt Russell plays Elvis. Oh, I think that was their first. Um, the interwebs will tell us. I think that was their first movie together, and so that's what kind of led to uh, this pairing. Yeah, I love that because, you know, of course, now looking back, you you see Kurt Russell as being an action guy. But I love I just love it when directors will take somebody and cast them against type and, you know, give them a chance to do something else. You know, I like Keanu Reeves and nobody wanted him for Point Break because <laughs> he was too dumb. And thank God for that decision. Um, okay, so Legend here we go. Born. Scrolling down. <laughs> Um, Elvis TV movie 1979 okay, Escape so, from New York 1981 Okay great So yeah um, That was their first time working together Yeah and before that is is a lot of TV shows It's a lot of Disney 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 So thank you John Carpenter For the gift you have given the universe Which is sexy Kurt Russell <laughs> uh, I like I like him as a performer though too Like he has he has that sort of magical quality of just that mischievous wink. Mm-hmm. Just it's part of who he is. It's like he's just it's blinking when he winks because he's just got <laughs> one, he eye. one eye. <laughs> yeah, but whatever character he's playing, you always know that there's some like secret mischievous like right. inner inner life happening there, which is yeah. And he's not he's not in, he's not an invincible hero. No, like Rambo is like in the second yeah. one. Um, yeah, he gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, and he's also there's like times to where he's pushing back really hard, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you know, especially when there's authority. And then there's yeah. times where he's just completely give like not given up, but he's just he's like dead end. And it's like you know, probably my favorite like dialogue exchange is where you know he's in the chock full of nuts mm-hmm. and the crazies are outside, and she says, "You're a cop." And he says, I'm an asshole. <laughs> he just kind of had it at that point. Yeah. But I, I love that moment beforehand where he 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 finds the empty escape pod mm-hmm. and he doesn't see the president and he's just looking around and he just sits down on a chair and, yeah. and he's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what now? Yeah. That's just a great moment. He's, you know, that great kind of human moment to where there's plenty of times to where he is just at his wits end. Mm-hmm. Especially at the very end where they're trying to get over the bridge, you know, and he's got like a minute and a half left. And he's like, Maggie, come on, we've got to go, <laughs> you know. I'm literally on a clock here. <laughs> yeah. I, You know, there are so many things I love about this movie that, that are to me so 80, like the 80s things that I love that I just feel like are all over this movie. Like the fact that they had a thing in their office that said master life clock they had all of this sitting yeah. around they weren't like scrambling to be like tech guy what can we do how can we what's a fail safe they were like no no no. do you, 
I've had this. Remember, I presented this to you at last fall's invention fair. We it's bought the, the master life clock. Do you, we got you, it. You want to use it? We bought those neck things, the neck charges. Remember, uh-huh. and I and the thing to put them in, and the thing to disable them. We spent a million dollars on all this stuff. Let's. Oh yeah. Let's so use this it. was like one of those first movies that had like these homing device things, yes. like these giant devices, and and so they had to really explain the whole concept. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like, oh yeah, that's a homing device. They really had to sell the these ideas because they were kind of brand new. Yeah, and I love the huge watch. I feel like you need to have like a, a replica of that watch. Yes, that yeah. sounds like a great idea. I'm gonna write um, that down. And I love the what, the wireframe stuff that they like built because they couldn't afford to make it. <laughs> so they like built a model of the city and put. Oh like, yeah, that's glow great. Yeah, so so it. some of the so. Um, um, the, James the, Cameron. Yeah, the the uh, the 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 green. See, when there's some parts where we you see on on computer screens that are like green wireframe mm-hmm. CG, you know, and things like that. When you see it on a physical, an actual screen, it's probably like when it's very simple. That that's actual like computer graphics. Mm-hmm. But a lot of time when we're actually weaving in between them and things like that, it's made to look like computer graphics, but it's actually not. They, it's they, like a practical effect. Yeah, they didn't know how to make something that complicated, <laughs> so they took, so they did that all with like green, like uh, f- fluorescent tape. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but I do love the idea that, um, like, like a young uh, James Cameron is like, that was a lot of work. Someday I'm going to build an entire world out of just computers, <laughs> and Zoe Saldana will be there, like. <laughs> He's just living his dream. She's just a small child right now, and it's a little creepy for me to... <laughs> Imagine her as a giant blue lady with a hair tail. Yeah, I, I I think it's so cool. I love... I just want to live in a world that is full of those kinds of screens and switches and mm-hmm. people in lab coats who are like, tell him. And then there's a large metal table with ninja stars yeah. and silencers. And- yeah be great here's Man. all the stuff you want <sighs> so great but i want to live there and not oh, necessarily I can't wait for 1997 <laughs> it's gonna be great um yeah but don't put me in the prison society although like it seemed like there were a lot of people who were genuinely more happy and better off in this lawless city yeah they were working it out they had they had the moment that always thrills me when i watch this is like thank god they have thespians. There's there's a place for me. Like I've always wondered. There's a theater scene. Yes. What will become of me That's when the right. apocalypse there happens? There is a musical number in there Escape from New York. There is, and I imagine myself because I've committed four crimes, four hundred percent my normal rate. Um, and I'm like, guys, get it together. We re- we have been rehearsing this for weeks. It's time to go live. There's a there's an audience full of crazy people who might kill us. Steven, remember your cue. You're coming in too early. It's shuffle ball step. Yeah. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> I was just so so pleased that they still had an appreciation yeah. for the arts. There's some people who I know who would thrive in a lawless yeah. escape from New They'd York. be okay. World. Yeah. They're going to be okay. Um, all right. What the heck else do we need to talk about? You you explained to me why people know him, but I... <laughs> just Snake Plissken, I heard you're dead. Yeah, the, well, there's um, a, there's a lot of um, re- a lot of great things that are just never explained, and that's designed to be that way. Like, what, what the hell is the tape? Like, what is the tape? Is just a recording? What I didn't, 
I don't understand what the tape was all I, about. I, I love when Hawk is explaining. It's like, do you know anything about nuclear fission? And Snake is like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, don't tell me anymore, please. Please stop. Yeah. And then he did, like, I didn't understand the choice to destroy it, except to just be like, fuck you. Yeah. Well, he's, he, I. it's it, the correct term. You wouldn't call him an anarchist. He's an anti-establishment. Sure. Like, and, and you have to, um, you know, basically America right now is kind mm-hmm. of a totalitarian, quote, democracy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically the thing that we fear <laughs> that current day yeah. America is going to be. Um it's it's basically like you know it's 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 not a uh, good regime right now. Mm-hmm. You know it's like because of like all the crime and everything like this, it's people have kind of been uh, rallied by fear and um, and so ver- you know very much like you know uh, Snake is kind of against that establishment. Like he probably would in any environment he'd be anti-establishment, anti-authority. But with America in this setting it being kind of a totalitarian regime, he has no problem dicking them over. Yeah. Because they were total dicks to him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was, he probably, he was, you know, I mean, his natural state would have been to say, fuck you. But mm-hmm. he kind of gave the president that one last chance. Yeah. You know, all it's like, there's that saying, no man is an island. Mm-hmm. And so... And I think even a sexy right type. Well, that's the thing. It's like Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter kind of making the case that Snake Bliskin is an island. Mm -hmm. This this man wants to be an island. But at the same time, he wants to help. He's willing to help. How about Mm -hmm. that? Willing Mm -hmm. to help the other people cross the bridge. And he kind of gives the president this one last chance. It's like a lot of people died for this. I just wondered what you wanted to you know, had to say about that. So he's kind of giving the president an opportunity to be a person, mm-hmm. and when he doesn't take that, then it's like, all right, my mind's made up. Fuck you. You got my tape. Yeah. So he's it's it's not, you know, Snake Plissken is a complex and interesting character with a lot of mystery. Like I don't know how he lost his eye. I don't know what happened to Fresno Bob and Brain. Like yes. what happened? To, that, that's one of the big mysteries. What and happened I, to Fresno Bob? I you love know? it. I love I love having that very specific history and no idea. That's one of the things I love about Back to the Future is you don't know why Doc and Marty are friends. Like, right. Then don't ever tell uh-huh. me. I don't want to know. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't necessarily want to know how he lost his eye or what happened to Fresno Bob. Um, are you aware of the Snake Plissken comic book series and the crossover where there's an alternate reality where Snake Plissken <laughs> and... Um, Shit, what's his character? Jack Burton. And Jack Burton (laughs) switch lives. No. (laughs) And they go to an alternate reality, yeah, where they they exist in the same timeline. No, I did not know that. Okay, I'll have to recommend it to you. Um, The one where Snake and Jack Burton cross paths is a Big Trouble in Little China story. Mm. But... Uh, there is a specifically just Snake Plissken comic book series, which I haven't read, but it probably answers some of those questions. It, hmm. I, I yeah. think I read that it, it answers place. questions you don't necessarily. Yeah, want. I don't really need the answers to. Yeah. So, so um, it, there's been a lot of um, dialogue, or it, it, it kind of comes up every couple of years about remaking Escape from New York. You know, um, oh. and so right now is that so? Yes, with Kurt Russell no. <laughs> back in the lead. No. 
Oh man! Um, and so right now, um, the the latest version is Robert Robert Rodriguez doing Escape from uh, New York. Okay, um, crime he, has risen eight hundred percent. And he's he's a huge fan. You can see that from his work mm-hmm. of John Carpenter and from Escape from New York. There's even in in Machete, there's a scene where exactly like the the equipment scene where they're mm-hmm. they're panning across the table and they see like the all the gear. Um, so I definitely believe that in his heart that he would be loyal to the spirit of mm-hmm. Escape from New York. Um, who who would you see in that? That's snake the so I I remember like ten years ago when they when I first heard about um, them doing it they were talking mm-hmm. Gerard Butler I think yeah that well that's this was after three hundred oh of course um, yeah but but now it's I don't know like. <laughs> It's a tough thing. It's a tough thing because, I mean, you almost kind of want to... Discover someone? Yeah, it's tough because a remake... The only reason to do a remake is to really kind of do something that the the last one couldn't do Mm -hmm. or to kind of take it in a new, interesting direction. Mm -hmm. And that that includes casting. You know, do you take someone that... (gasps) Oh, yeah, be great. It's a woman. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Snake Plissken is a lady. And she's got two eye patches. <laughs> so either you do something like with the casting, you know, um, it, it. so in many ways, Kurt Russell was, you know, like bold casting. Mm-hmm. You know, you do something like that again, or you take an unknown. Probably people would want to see not an unknown, but someone recognizable in the role going, mm-hmm. oh, it'd be great to see them as a badass. Yeah. But then what do you do with the concept? Like, how do you elevate it or change it or do your own version of it? You don't want to just do an unnecessary remake. Yeah, I so agree. So it's a tough... I don't, I, I, I don't know what I would do in that situation, mm-hmm. you know? That's a that's a tough one. Mm. I do like asking that question, though. Like, c- who could right. we possibly see making that sort of mm-hmm. transition? It's almost like, and I'm not saying this is who I would choose, but it's almost like if we went back five years taking a Zac Efron and being like, oh, he's going to be a badass action star or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's also not super uncommon anymore for like these young Disney stars to like, I feel like the first thing they want to do when they're like no longer Disney stars (laughs) is be like, I'm crazy. You don't know what I'm like. I I think the, the important thing to do with any kind of remake is to keep with the spirit of Snake Plissken, which is, is, it's not even like a, a traditional anti-hero. He's like an anti-hero who doesn't, it's like most anti-heroes are still very, I don't know, pop culture-y, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like this is, it, it's a very, Snake Plissken is a very, the the reason why we're talking about Escape from New York is Snake Plissken. And, and he's a very unique character because he doesn't give a fuck about you. Yeah. And he, and he's not invulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's got a, a mysterious past, and um, he's willing to and and he's a badass. Mm-hmm. And he's got all those things. Like I would rather see a a different type of of hero that we see these days. That's mm-hmm. similar. Like we don't see a Snake Plissken these days, you know. Um, but I would love to see like an older grizzled version of Snake Plissken. Cool. Like I actually this, like a Batman Beyond. Like he's like passing the torch sort of a thing you know or or just like you know like he's he's in his 40s or something like that like Mm -hmm. i mean i'm there's plenty of older actors now playing 
like dot, Liam dot, Neeson. Dot, Kurt Russell. <laughs> right. We can still get him, guys. But um, but yeah, I would yeah I, I would like to see like a a grizzled snake bliskin. Yeah, that would be interesting. A more, more grizzled snake bliskin. Right. Um, I do. I think that this movie totally holds up, one hundred percent. I think that I would absolutely recommend it, and mm-hmm. I I don't think there's any question in that regard. Right. I think right? I, I think some people it's it's. It has a very deliberate and slower pace than I think some people would expect from an action movie, mm-hmm. you know? Like, John Carpenter during this time, and especially for this movie, had a very methodical and purposeful pace and let it let things play out. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be, like, one of the surprises. Okay, you just kind of yeah, just kind of have to live with it, you know? You're kind of being dropped into the environment and you're living in there. You're not going to... There's not a ton of different sequences Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it is kind of going at a very, you know, it, it's almost like um, a very kind of, you know, it's like there's no electricity. You're in a post-apocalyptic environment. It's tough to get around and you're kind of living in their footsteps mm-hmm. very much. And so the pace is a little slower. I like that, though. Yeah. I Me like too. it. Yeah. I like sitting down to watch it and just like letting it play out and yeah the environment like, kind of sink in you know the more breakneck pace whereas i I felt to. like escape from la was very cartoony and and kind of see over i haven't the color. i haven't i haven't re- gone back and rewatched yeah. that one i think since i probably saw it when i was a kid um yeah but i i definitely think people who haven't seen this need to see it mm-hmm. it's i love it it's great yeah it's it's, a, it's but a, i still will forget it like it's as soon an action as we're movie done classic. i would be like yeah. what I don't know what it's about. He goes to New York. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, okay, so deep cut recommendations. You know, everybody knows the, you know, IMDb will tell you, Netflix will tell you, Rotten Tomatoes will tell you, if you like Escape from New York, obviously you're going to like other John Carpenter movies. You're going to like other retro futuristic, not too far post-apocalypse movies like Running Man, stuff like that. But we're going to go a little deeper. And mm-hmm. so we decided that we're going to both recommend a movie. Um, just as like the further adventures of like if you enjoy right. this. If you, if, yeah. If you want to dig deeper into this, like if you dig Escape from New York like yeah. we do, and you want to dig a little deeper into the, the subject or the world or whatever. Or like whatever. The, these are our recommendations. And then we're, we're going to talk about something that's not a movie. We're each going to recommend, recommend mm. something that's not a movie. I know, right? <laughs> so, start with your movie. What movie would you recommend? So, my my movie is um so is called Lockout. Oh, I've never so, even heard of it. And so, okay, so um uh it's an interesting movie. Some of you may have heard it. It stars Guy Pierce and um effectively the premise is more or less exceptionally similar to Escape from New York. Oh. What um, you mean so much that people so... use the same premise for more than one thing? So um John Carpenter and then the the um the studio that made Escape from New York sued Luc Besson, who was the writer oh, producer of Lockout. Is. And in, I think, a French court, they won a plagiarism case against Lockout because basically the whole idea is that it's it's in the future and the president's daughter is in the most dangerous prison ever. Mm-hmm. And then they send um, the Guy Pierce character who's like a, you know... A, Whose name is Lizard Jenkins. His name is Snow. <laughs> um, and so they send him in to go rescue the president's daughter, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a good movie? I don't think it's I. So I haven't seen it, oh. and so it's it's one that I'm going to investigate. But it's interesting. 
to watch and see what kind of like a a, a dubbed, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a second generation, a, a copy kind of of Escape from New York. And then here's the thing: there's there's the like the European and French courts. They it's mm-hmm. e- in some ways it's easier to get a plagiarism case to win. Okay. In 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 there that it is in America, we're we're much more severe when it comes to plagiarism, copyright, and all those kind of cases. So most likely they sued him in a French court for that reason, because it's a little easier. So it might be one of those cases to where they were mostly inspired by, you know, these overtones. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would, uh, if you're interested, watching that as a side by side comparison case and see what you think. Interesting. So I went an entirely different way. Of course, I, uh, I am going to recommend just based on love of kurt russell uh the movie overboard because (laughs) if you haven't seen it for a couple of reasons one because it's a 180 degree different kurt russell from snake bliskin that he plays this like really sort of silly grubby dreamer character um with his head in the clouds and it's it's a really great movie. It's a hilarious comedy. It's him and Goldie Hawn. Come on, you gotta love it. Um, and it Overboard for me is one of those movies where you you watch it with modern eyes. You, you look at it with today's eyes, and you just like, think this is this really is, creepy. <laughs> it really is creepy. This is the story of a of a, a horrible person who gets a a traumatic brain injury and then is essentially kidnapped. Uh-huh. And held hostage <laughs> to do housework. It's about Stockholm syndrome, essentially, and yet it's charming and adorable. <laughs> and you're on board for Overboard the whole time. And oh, also, yeah. I think I'm recommending it because they are remaking it mm. uh, in a gender swap reversal. Oh, nice. uh-huh. uh, Anna Ferris is going to be playing the Kurt Russell character, and. Um, the fancy brain trauma kidnappee is going to be a dude, so cool. That's happening. Uh-huh. It's they're filming it. See, and and that's now. you know, and and that's a fun way to do a remake is that mm-hmm. you you take the same general idea, but yet you you twist it in a way that gives it new kind of life. They're, you know, they're also remaking Splash in a gender swap oh, with well. Channing Tatum as the as the mermaid. <laughs> I don't know Whoa. when any of those things are coming out, but yeah, I recommend like watch watch Overboard. Um, you you'll love it; it's amazing. Uh, okay, so something that's not a movie, I'll go first. Okay, great. So that you can have a second okay, to think. <laughs> um, but and this was like the idea was sort of being like this is something that's that's seemingly totally unrelated. So it could be a book, a television show, mm-hmm. a podcast, a specific episode of a podcast, a specific edition of a comic book series or something, anything at all that's like it's our supplemental materials. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm going to say that my recommendation is uh, a podcast called Pod Save America and it's sort of a admittedly with a liberal bent uh if you're not into liberal politics don't maybe don't check it out but um it is sort of an insider look from uh, a bunch of speechwriters and people who worked uh, under the obama administration 
of like what's happening today in politics and sort of the context of what it means uh, historically and like held up against the the norms of the past and things of that nature so if you don't want crime to raise 400 percent and for us to turn <laughs> one of our islands into a prison like if you don't want that future if you don't want the 1997 of 1981 to become the 10 years from now of today and pay attention to what's happening pod save america recommended awesome <laughs> Stand by. Okay. <laughs> All right. So for my recommendation, I'm um, recommending uh, John Carpenter's brand new album called Anthology. Oh. Movie themes. Nice. So John Carpenter, uh, I, a, a huge part of John Carpenter's movies is John Carpenter's music, and he does all the music himself. Which I didn't know. Yeah, and and it's it's you know all electronic. He does it all himself at his home, you know, and so he just released. He's been kind of having like a renewed career show of like performing music around mm-hmm. the country. You know, he's he had his Lost Themes tour, and now um, he put out a an anthology of his movie themes from 1974 to 1998, and so awesome. that that includes. You know, Starman, Dark Star, Christine, you know, Prince of Darkness, Escape from New York, and the Mouth of Madness, all that stuff. So if I, I would say if you really want to get more into John Carpenter, his music is like a vital part of that. And so that would be a great way to kind of start and get in there. I love it. Perfect. Perfect recommendation. Nice work. Be sure to join us next time on a most excellent 80s movie podcast. I'm never going to get good at saying that. Right. On a... Be sure to join us next time on a most excellent 80s movie podcast when we are watching E.T. from 1982. The extraterrestrial. Which I am dreading <laughs> because that movie traumatized me as a child and uh-huh. I have not seen it since. Right. I'm going to make my kids watch it and hopefully traumatize them too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. This is the first one on our list that I remember seeing as a kid that mm-hmm. I remember in the theaters. I was... Just old enough to remember when it came out. Love it. And the phenomenon. We're getting into it. Okay. Uh, you can find us online at mostexcellentpod.com. Head over there. Find all the supplemental materials and fun links and things from this episode. Uh, you can join us on our Facebook group, which is the Most Excellent Facebook group. Uh, we're on Instagram at Most Excellent Pod. Uh, and, of course, you guys you guys know how podcasting works. Like, rate, review, thumbs up, stars, hearts, bars, green yeah, clovers. I mean, when I, when I go stuff. to new podcasts and I'm looking at that, I see, like, okay, well, is this – I look for reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, I maybe won't read them, but I'll see how many stars it has. And so it, it definitely helps when new people are checking out or yeah. want to invest in a, in a show. For sure. And also, like, tell people with your face. Use your face. Ugh, that again? I know, right? Interact <laughs> with humans. Uh, text them. I don't know. Use your thumbs. Whatever. Um, just, you know, let people know if you like us. Uh, and as always, on a most excellent 80s movie podcast, be excellent to each other. And aren't you Snake Plissken? I heard you were dead. All right. And of course, like, duh, if you want to find me and Nathan, here's where you do it. You find Nathan at? Oh, um, so I'm at Squishy Studios. If you want to check me out on uh, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, uh, we also have a squishystudios.com. That's my production company. We make mm-hmm. short films, web series, and the uh, web series uh, Voyage Trekkers. 
which is amazing. You definitely need to check it out. Also, do yourself a favor. Watch Logan Must Make Star Wars. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Uh, and you can find me at National Comedy Theater if you're in the Phoenix area. Uh, it's nctphoenix.com. You can actually see my actual human form doing comedy for you. Not just you, other people as well. But, but you do have to pay money. You do. It's not free. You do. I don't know. If people are listeners and they're like, hey, I listen to the podcast. What, That's true. We should give a discount. For me? I'll be like, I don't know. I'll give you I'll give you a two for one. Don't hold me to that. I don't know. Find me online. <laughs> we'll let you know. <laughs> Send us a picture. Then we'll tell you. <laughs> All right. Now this is really the end. Bye.